From 1980 to 2010, Madonna was one of the most famous people in the world. Throughout her career, she was nominated 68 times for the MTV Music Video Awards, 20 of which she won. Madonna has won 7 Grammy Awards out of 28 nominations, 2 Golden Globe Awards with 7 nominations, 2 Brit Awards. Madonna holds more than 10 official Guinness World Records, including best-selling female recording artists with 305 million albums sold. But that is not what I want to focus on today. What I want to focus on is a quote she gave to Vogue magazine in 1991 when she says, My drive in life comes from fear of being mediocre. That is always pushing me. I push past one spell of it and discover myself as a special human being, but then I feel I am still mediocre and uninteresting unless I do something else. Because even though I have become somebody, I still have to prove that I am somebody. My question is, how could somebody rise to a level of fame that literally changed pop culture for a whole generation, yet have so little security from her accolades? Here's the reality that Madonna faces we face is that the human ego is the issue at hand. Note that you don't ever notice your toes, ankles, or knees until they're hurting. Your elbows until they're hurting. Your fingernails until it's hurting. Likewise, the ego is always drawing attention to itself because it is not functioning properly. It makes us think how we look, how we're treated, and we might say, hey, that hurt my feelings, but it's not your feelings that are hurt. It's your ego. The ego being extremely busy, and it's extremely busy at two things, comparison and boasting. The way the human ego tries to fill the emptiness is by comparing itself to others. In Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis says, pride is by nature competitive. Pride gets no pleasure out of having more of it than the next person. We see that people are proud of being rich, clever, or good looking, but they are not. They are proud of being richer, cleverer, or better looking than others. If everyone became equally rich, clever, or good looking, there wouldn't be anything to be proud about. When we are in a room with somebody that's more rich, more clever, or better looking than us, we all of a sudden lose the pleasure that we had in that thing. That's because we had no pleasure in it, we had pride in it. Pride is the pleasure of having more than the next person. Lust may drive a man to sleep with a beautiful woman, but at least lust makes him wonder. Pride drives a man to sleep with a beautiful woman just to prove he can do it and prove he can do it above others. Pride destroys the ability to have real pleasure. But in this Bible passage, Paul tells us something else about the ego. Paul says in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4 that he is a minister of the gospel and that he has a job to do. But next he says with regard to that role, he cares very little if he is judged by them or any human court. The translated word for judged has the same meaning as the word verdict. That verdict is what Madonna is looking for that she can't seem to find. That stamp of approval on her life that Paul says cannot be given to us by any human opinion or human court. So this is where the counselors of our modern society try to remedy low self-esteem with, hey, live your best life. Hey, don't care what other people think of you. Just care about what you think. Live, your, live up to your standards. Live up to your truth. Live your truth. Live your best life. But ultimately, what we're remedying low self-esteem with is pride. But pride is no better than low self-esteem to the people around us that we interact with. So this elusive verdict that Madonna's looking for, that we look for, that Paul's looking for, he does not find it from human courts. And this is where we see him move into a ballpark that's kind of foreign to us. I think it's safe to say that Paul is in the top six most influential people in the world, in the history of the world. Incredible confidence, tremendous influence, and seemingly nothing has phased this man. Yet in 1 Timothy 1.5, he says, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Not I was chief, I am chief. We know nothing of the source today. No president, no politician, no world leader has ever come out publicly and said, hey, I'm trying to lead, but also I am a moral failure. I have moral flaws. But Paul does this while at the same time maintaining supreme confidence. And the way Paul does this is he does not connect his sins to his identity. 
when he sins it falls on the grace of god it doesn't he does not connect it with his self-worth or his identity but here's the catch he also does not connect his accolades or congratulate himself for the good things that he does but we cannot be more different than paul we have pride lust anger and greed but we have no confidence Paul has the same things as us. He has pride, he has lust, he has anger, he has greed, but he has confidence. But when we have the same things that he experiences, why do we have no confidence? It's because we're condemning ourselves. Paul has reached a place where his ego draws no more attention to itself than any other part of his body. He has reached a place where he is not thinking about himself anymore. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. It's like, don't you want to become the person that doesn't need honor? but isn't afraid of it either, doesn't lust after attention or recognition, but isn't scared to death of it either. That is the reality of what Paul is telling us right here in this passage. This is also the place where we can start to enjoy things for what they are. My work's not about me. Dating is not about me. Romance is not about me. My podcast is not about me. And I can just start to enjoy things for what they are instead of having to look at these things and put my hope in these things that hopefully they will provide me something. What Madonna is looking for, what you are looking for, what I am looking for, what Paul is looking for is an ultimate verdict that we are important and we are valuable. We look for it every day in all situations. So that means every day we're putting ourselves on trial. Every day we're in court and in the courtroom we have a prosecution and a defense. And every day we're up there, we're providing evidence to both sides. And some days we win and some days we feel like we're way behind. But here's Paul's secret. The trial's over for him. Paul's not on trial anymore. Human courts can't provide him the verdict, nor he himself can provide himself the verdict. It is the Lord who judges Paul. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only place where you get the verdict before the performance. The atheist or anybody who might say that I get my self-image from being a good person has to be the good person to result in a good self-image. Here's the thing, if you're looking for a verdict to come from being a good person, a moral person, a religious person, a successful person, a hardworking person, that verdict will never come. Like how can Madonna, a person with all the accolades that she has, come and still say that she has not had that verdict? In 1991, I was at the pinnacle of her career when she made this statement and she says, this verdict has escaped me, Madonna. But this verdict is available to you through Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ went into the courtroom, literal, a literal courtroom, and faced the trial that we deserved. He faced the punishment that we deserved. He was literally killed on a cross as a result of going on trial and he sacrificed his life for us and he resurrected three days later so that now his opinion is the only opinion that matters of me, that matters of you, that matters of Madonna, that matters of Paul. He's the King Jesus. His opinion is the only one that matters. Colossians 2, 13 through 14, and you, who were dead in your trespasses in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us of all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. No one has the capacity, the ability, or the authority to give you a verdict other than Jesus. Jesus rose from the dead and he is now sitting at the right hand of God. He is the name above all names, the name in which every knee will bow. This is where you will experience freedom is when you look at humans, they truly don't have a power to give a verdict that is eternal. A verdict that when we die and we leave this earth and our bodies perish is a verdict that it determines eternity, which is that you are his beloved son and that you have no condemnation in Christ Jesus.